Welcome, D gentlemen and D gentlewomen, to the Odds Get Even podcast. This is your Friday episode. It's episode six. Yep, we're at episode six. I'm your host, J Roy Hammers, here with my co hosts, RG and AJ. How are you guys? I'm doing great. It's a great Friday afternoon. I'm excited to film a podcast. We're going to have a great night tonight, make some money, hit the bars. How are you, RG? How are you doing? I'm doing great myself. You know, I, uh, I went in on a like a totally chill, non-political Friday afternoon porch vibe parlay yesterday with the Tennessee Titans, and it made me some nice cash. So I'm pretty fired up for this weekend now, ready for a great college football slate tomorrow. You know, this is the week when the SEC teams play, the little cu- the, play the, uh, their cupcake games, but uh, they're ready for rivalry week next week. Let's get fired up. I know you guys are both fired up and you guys are both going out, but there's no way I'm going out. I'm always staying home studying, looking for the best bet and looking for the best edge over the over the Vegas books here. So I'm always working. I'm like the head and shoulder shampoo. Never not working, boys. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, I'm going to hold you to that tonight. If I see you out, I might as well throw that Tito's vodka I bought you, you know, out the window then if you're not coming out tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely that vodka. I'm just drinking and studying. Boys, if I see you guys tonight and we all don't have uh, Vancouver money line on our card, I don't know what I'm going to do because it's firing me up tonight for some reason. Well, we're not taking Vancouver money line tonight. That was just a joke. Uh, honestly, Kings are on a heater. I, I don't feel comfortable. The line does look a little sketch for you guys. Minus 120 on the Kings. So uh, on, a, on a team with that big of a heater, guys, uh, I would outstay away. Van Moneyline does need a win, but not worth uh, hammering any of the hard-earned units we uh we had to earn over the week. So let's uh let's talk about the spots we had this week. So pod came out a little late, uh, but the spots that we talked about during the week, how did you do this week, RG? I heard you uh you made some coin off of it. Yes, sir. I uh I took Tulane yesterday. Tulane played against SMU. I think we can call this one a shit pumping. They won by 39 points. Spread was minus three. Uh, we uh, we obviously uh, talked about Tulane minus three. That's a little bit of a shit pumping. And I think uh, I think we might see Tulane in that group of five spot for the New Year's six uh, bowl games. Kind of fires me up. They got a good crowd. Probably the sickest helmets in college football. AJ, have you seen those? Oh, yeah. Those Tulane's are rocking. Helmets? They're Tulane's rocking. Awesome. They look great. But yeah, I was fired about that one. One for one on the pick so far this week. Uh, ready for the weekend. Yeah, I think the thing about Tulane for me is the first time I thought like they started getting legit was I think it was last year where they, they opened up against your Sooners and they almost beat them. They almost upset them. I was like when Spencer Rattler started, I believe, but that's when I thought they were legit. Like two lines, actually a football team. This could be something that could be good in a couple of years. So that game was supposed to be in New Orleans. Tulane was supposed to host OU, but there was like a hurricane. Yeah. So OU had to host it and OU almost like blew it. At the end of the game, I think it was like a 55, 51, something like that. It was a close battle. Uh, Tulane's looking like the cream of the crop in the uh, group of five, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a two lane, but they only go one way, which is up. So nice to see that from from that team. Uh, so that's good. Like to see that you're hitting on your spots. Uh, hate talking about myself, but the spots that I hit, boys, two for three, 66 percent. RG's telling me to hurry up, but. I'm just hyped up without those spots. Toronto Maple Leafs have finally hit on that team. They're off the blacklist. We unbanned the team. Then we got none other than Vancouver Moneyline. What a hit against the Buffalo Savers. It was scary. It was sweaty. I'm not going to lie. When Vancouver went up 2-0, I knew Buffalo had Vancouver where they wanted him there. So thank God they held on. And 
you know what? We're victorious. We made some money and uh, we're moving on. No, you were good, Jared. I was like ringing the bell. I was like fired up. That was oh, okay. sorry if that if that gave you the wrong impression there, but no, I was fired up. Van Moneyline, anytime Van Moneyline hits, you know I get fired up. Yeah, the only thing I learned from this weekend is J. Royt Hammers is officially back. So that's good news for the podcast, good news for the bank account. It's good news for me. Yeah, it feels nice to hit bets again. I'm able to see color. I'm able to taste food, boys. It was gone for a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I can hear the birds chirping again, and uh, it's, it's nice to be back. So a little thing for the listeners here. So in our group chat with our friends where we uh, throw in our bets and all our live alerts and all our totally chill non-political parlays, um, sometimes when someone is missing for a week, we'll put like a minus next to the specialist name. Jay Royd Hammers had that for a little bit, but that is officially gone after his big week. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm not gonna tug on my own horn, but I am tugging on my own horn here. A big comeback here. One of the biggest comeback stories since uh since when, boys? Since the uh the UMBC uh beat nice. Virginia as a 116 nice. season in the uh the March Madness play March Madness tournament. I think that's I think that's the biggest comeback since. For yeah. my comeback, I'll go with when the Vegas Golden Knights came back against the San Jose Sharks. Or sorry, San Jose came anyway. back against Vegas in the playoffs from three down after a bullshit call, but whatever. That's uh, quite the comeback story. Mine's up bigger than Jake uh, Logan Paul's comeback ever since he became <laughs> the person in the forest. But, uh, but yeah, so those are the spots of the week. We do have an announcement to make for our Elite Eight picks. So... We are changing this to the Elite 10. Why are we changing this to Elite 10? Because we have a goal of hitting 70%. And if you guys do the math, since we're not big math guys on the pod here, 70% of eight is a decimal, and you can't hit half a pick. So we're moving it up to 10. We're aiming for 7 out of 10. We're happy with 6 out of 10, and we're bankrupt with under that. So we're going to talk about the 10 spots of the week. We're going to start you off, RG. What is your number one spot for our elite top 10 picks for this week? All right. So you guys know where I'm going with this one. Back to college football. Rewind to two weeks ago when Nebraska covered at home against Minnesota. Guess what? They're back in Lincoln this weekend against the Wisconsin Badgers plus 10. We got Nebraska plus 10 at home. I absolutely love this pick. Casey Thompson is probable. Money's about 50-50 right now, uh, according to the Action Network. But I think we're rolling. Mickey Joseph's kind of looking to uh, get his foot in the door, maybe get that coaching job. I know they talked about Matt Rule, but Mickey Joseph's definitely uh, might be a candidate for some other teams. Absolutely love it. Also on the Wisconsin side. So Jim Leonard, I think a lot of the players want him to be the coach, but I don't know if Wisconsin wants him in because Lance Leipold, is uh, is knocking on the door from Kansas. AJ, uh, what do you think about that? Wisconsin in this spot and uh, how they could look uh, with their coaching next year, Jim Leonard or uh, or Lance Leipold? I'm not too sure about Wisconsin, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a weird job to predict. I know uh, if you follow Barstool and Big Cat, he's, he's pounding the horn for Matt Rule, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think this is a Matt Rule spot. But, I mean, Wisconsin's still an attractive job in the Big Ten. They got that pedigree in them. They got that history. So I honestly don't know enough to be able to get a prediction, but uh, hopefully it's a, hopefully Matt Rule gets it for Big Cat. So this might be the Matt Rule game, basically. Nebraska yeah. versus Wisconsin. This could very well be the, the Matt Rule game. 
Anyways, we got Nebraska plus 10. This is a great spot at home. It's going to be cold. They're going to ground the ball. Um, Casey Thompson's going to throw a little bit. Just be a game manager. They'll get the job done, I think. That's a lot of points. So for the listeners, can you guys clear up who gets Matt Rule uh, in this game? So I don't know, maybe the winner, but like, I feel like Matt Rule can kind of go where he wants, to be honest. Like they're both going to be knocking on his door, but uh, I don't know if we're talking jobs that we can have a whole other conversation about what the better job is, but probably Nebraska. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going Nebraska too, but like, yeah, with Matt Rule, he's going to have so many offers. It's not going to be who's coming to him. It's going to be what he wants to do. He can take a year off if he doesn't get the job he wants because he's still floating in that money from Carolina. He's got no rush to coach. Yeah. He's going to wait to the right job opening. If it's not there, he'll just sit back on the couch doing nothing all year and just, just count those stacks that Carolina gave him. Yeah. In Lincoln, go Big Red this weekend. Let's do it. Nebraska plus 10. That is a hammer, hammer, hammer. I love that pick. So moving on to number two, we like to announce all our picks. We like to get the co-hosts fired up here. AJ, hit us with the number two pick of the weekend. We are going to the NFL, and we are hitting Patriots minus three and a half against the New York Jets. Why are we doing this? Because of Bill Belichick. That's exactly the reason we're doing it. Zach Wilson's never beat Bill Belichick in his history, in his career, sorry. He's 0-3 with two touchdowns and seven interceptions in three games. The last time the New York Jets beat the New England Patriots was 2015. If you have to go to the last time they beat them in Foxborough, you have to go back to 2011. So, home game for the Patriots. It's a bye week for both teams. I'm taking the experienced coach and Bill Belichick to now his team ready. Jets are young. Robert Sala, he's a young coach. I'm not sure how they're going to handle this bye week. I'm, ha- I'm hammering Bill Belichick. I'm hammering the Patri- Patriots. I think this could get to a bit of a blow, and I think the Pat- Patriots are going to hand the Jets in Foxborough. This game is screaming to me. It's going to be cold in Foxborough on Sunday. It's screaming to me. One of those games where Mac Jones throws the ball like 10 times and they just ground the ball and win like 21, nothing. I'm like this, this is like, I, once I saw this line come out, I thought the jets were going to be favored, but once the Pats were favored, I was like, Oh my God, this is such a hit. I absolutely love it. So I uh, have to agree with you guys. Our jets analyst does not. He did warn us that if the Jets do come out and win this game, he we won't hear the end of it, just like our other episode. He really believes in the Jets. And we went and looked at the numbers. And how do the numbers look in terms of the betting and the money markets? And where are they leaning towards in this game? Yeah, I can go over this. 70% of the 76% of the money and 56% of the bets are on the Patriots. Maybe screen's a bit of a trap, but with Bill Belichick, there ain't no trap. Bill Belichick's the dude. He's the guy. I'm putting my faith in Bill. I, I like that. Uh, I Honestly, with the Patriots at home, it's snowing. There's a lot in favor for the Patriots. Really like that pick. At the end of the day, when you're putting money on any team, you want them to perform to the maximum or the chance of them performing to the maximum of their abilities. And I feel like with this, you got to put money on the Patriots here because the chance of you winning is higher than you putting the money on the Jets, which is usually how betting works. <laughs> Do you guys think Bill Belichick gives a fuck about the Vegas trap? Do you think he's ever thought about a Vegas trap in his entire life? Definitely hey, he's, a a shit. 
it doesn't, it doesn't matter what Bill Belichick thinks because Vegas is the higher ups. They control everything. And it doesn't matter how hard you try. If Vegas has a plan, it, it's going to follow the plan. I think it goes every other coach ever. Vegas, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick. Yeah, in between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, I have God, but other than that, it's pretty Yeah, simple. God too. There you go. No, and then at the top, we have Van Moneyline, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Always, always. So do you guys have anything else to say about the Patriots pick? Other than Zach Wilson's going to throw probably two, three picks, and uh, Bill Belichick's going to be seeing ghosts, Zach Wilson. Bill Belichick's going to be laughing, sitting, sitting back, and I think uh, the New York Jets are going to get a serving of humble pie. All right. Well, hopefully the Jets analyst uh, skipped this part of the pod. We are going to move to the ice here with my next pick. This is the number three pick. We're coming back from last week, obviously a cold week, but now we're serving some heat. We're going to start off with the games in chronological order. We're going to start off with the one o'clock games here. We got the Devils at minus 120 against the Ottawa Senators. We got a little afternoon game action. We know it's a little scary because obviously the players have to wake up at like 10 a.m. and eat pasta and chicken. But I can't fade a team that's on a 10 or 11 game winning streak. I don't know about you guys, but the Devils, they're, they're for real. They look great. And what, what are you guys going to add on to this pick here? Yo, did you guys see uh, Jack Hughes' interview a few days ago? Yeah, they're on a heater. Ask him how they're doing. He's like, I don't know. We're on an eight game heater. So it sounds pretty good. That just sounded electric to me. The, the Devils are firing me up this year. I took them as my heart team early on. Remember that? I think they uh, they look pretty good on the hard side right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the Devils here. You know, Devils look good against the Leafs last night. They're rolling. I, I don't know how you can bet against a team that's on this bit of a heater against the Sens who look like a AHL team at times. So could be a bit trappy, but, you know, the Devils is too good value not to put in this lock. And like I said, Jay Wright hammers his back. Whatever he says goes. We're making some money. Yeah, definitely. And uh, last thing I do want to say with these bets, if you like a team a lot and you're not sure if they're going to win, we do like to bet derivatives here. So one thing we like to look out for is player shop props. So Devils are one of the highest shooting teams in the league, and they do log in a lot of shots, which usually comes with the highest shooting teams in the league, right? So Look at uh, players like Jack Hughes, Igor Sharangovich, Jesper Bratt, all these players that usually play on the power play and try to hit their shot props, usually in these like games where it looks a little one-sided. So that's another way to make money. So that's the pick. We got Devil's Money Line. Lock that in. We're now moving back to RG for pick number four in the top 10. So we're rolling right back into the NFL here. We got the Washington Commanders. Minus three on the road at the Houston Texans. So this is obviously a great pick. We were talking about it a few days ago. I said to the boys, um, we're only taking this if Taylor Heineke's starting. Not a chance we're betting on Carson Wentz. That is the case. Taylor Heineke will be the starting quarterback. Um, I think 84% of the bets are on Houston. So that looks good for us. Could be a little bit of a Vegas trap. People uh, trying to pull the Texans there. So I think this is a... Uh, a great call on our end. The commanders just came off a huge emotional win. They might be fighting for a playoff spot here down the stretch in the NFC, which is kind of looking pretty weak right now. And I can honestly see them getting in. Um, they kind of found their footing. They got good weapons. Uh, Texans only really have one good uh, corner. That's uh, Derek Stingley. 
And with Scary Terry there, with uh, Curtis Samuel, some of the other weapons, I think they'll be able to light him up. I, uh, I love the Commanders at minus three. I completely agree with your Commanders weapons. With Jahan Dotson back, I feel like the Commanders just are going to outweapon the the Houston Texans and uh, Travis Heineke's uh, announced to be a starter and he's an absolute dog. So I think that's a great pick. Stingley's probably going to be on Terry McLaurin. So Curtis Samuel owners, uh, Jahan Dotson owners, don't be scared. Start them on your flex. I wouldn't say wide receiver. I'd say flex at most and uh, see AJ has his finger up there and uh, take it away. AJ, what do you have? Oh yeah. I think this is a phenomenal pick of commanders. It's great value after, like I already said, just a big win against Philly on the road, going into a dome and text. In Houston, they're going to be firing all cylinders. They got two good running backs, Gibson, Brian Robinson, a lot of weapons. Their defense is looking very good like they, they have been in the past. Yeah, it just Heineke's a dog. There's nothing else I can really say about it. He's an absolute certified dog. Got a question for everyone. What are your thoughts on uh, Heineke pulling the Kirk Cousins on the, the plane ride home? Do you think he pulled it off or is a, was it a little too much from, from Heineke? No, I thought it was chill. I thought it was jokes. He's a dog, man. Like, he is, he is awesome. I want him to get like a full-time starting job somewhere. I don't think the commanders have enough faith in him, but I want him to, to get a spot next year where he can just start to grow. Cause uh, I love watching him play. I would love to see those two teams maybe get into a little tilt in the playoffs. That'd be kind of awesome. Uh, the commanders and the Vikings, maybe a little like two seven seed action oh. in wildcard weekend. That'd be awesome. But um, yeah, no, don't have a problem with Heineke there. He's a, he's a beauty. I'm all about original content. I think uh, I think it was kind of cringe, boys. Not gonna lie. <laughs> pulling the cringe card. The flag's I'm up. The, I'm yeah. pulling the cringe card here, RG. That's fair. So uh, AJ, moving on to your number five top ten pick of the week. Take us away. Yeah. So I can't do any waddle overs this week, unfortunately. So I'm going to the Chiefs and Chargers over fifty-one point five. It's in prime time. Points are going to be scored. It's a bit about the bets. Only 20% of the money is on the over, which is which is something we absolutely love. And then just looking at Chief Chargers game, you got two elite quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Points are going to be scored. And their last four games, the overs hit against these two teams. Last game in September, 51 points. Go back to 2021, they have 62 and 54 points were scored. And back in 2021, again, 61 points were scored. So there's a lot of points between these two teams, two high-powered offenses. Hopefully Chargers can keep it going. Hopefully Allen or Williams is healthy this week. Even if that doesn't happen, I still think this is going to hit. It's going to be a class from Holmes Herbert showdown. I think uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points on the board. Guys, also uh, something that happened in those games that also went over, but going to be a big factor in this game, is that that Chiefs defense is torn up right now. They got a lot of guys on the IR right now. Um, you can expect even uh, – some of the secondary receivers from the Chargers getting some looks, getting the ball downfield. I love Herbert in this spot. Maybe not to cover the spread, but uh, they're definitely going to score a lot of points. So I love the actual analysis of the game, but we also like to look at the psychoanalysis of the game. Now we want to look at the actual situation of the game. There are games as an athlete that you want to get up for. Look at Real Madrid, Barcelona. Look at Canada versus USA women's hockey. Look at England, India and cricket. You just get up for these games. Chargers Chiefs is the exact same thing. You think Herbert's getting up at the wrong side of the bed? No, no chance. He's definitely getting up the right side of the bed, making his best breakfast, putting on his lucky underwear. Everyone's coming to play. 
that day. Chargers Chiefs, absolute classic. Can it be an over? And I, I don't see this hitting under. We checked the weather. Weather looks great too. And I honestly think this might be a can't miss. I hate saying this on the podcast, but you got to say it. And, and and yeah, there's nothing much else to say about this pick. Any closing comments on the picks, boys? Yeah, uh, it's a Darren-approved hammer. That's why I hear. This is an absolute hammer, guys. Like, absolute hammer. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, so we're moving on to the next pick. This is the sixth pick. For some people, six is a lucky number. For the devil, it's his number. We are moving back to the ice here. We got the Carolina, no surprise, Hurricanes. Are you guys surprised we have him at this point? Because it seems like a weekly offender. Carolina Hurricanes, uh, they are playing the Minnesota Wilds. They We got them at a good price at minus 120. Those are really good opening odds. Carolina Hurricanes rarely drop two games back to back. What can I say? They played a great game against the Colorado Avalanche. Honestly, deserved to win. It was just one stupid turnover by Jacob Slavin in overtime. Sometimes the overtime demons get to you boys, but Carolina Hurricanes look look really good. The Wild honestly look terrible. Like they can't score. They give up a lot of goals. Flurry's not look hasn't looked too bad, but with that Carolina forecheck, boys, I can't see them losing this weekend. And Carolina might win big I, I might even take the puck line here i don't know so going into this year minnesota was kind of like not really my dark horse because they're kind of elite but to be like at the top of their division like competing head-to-head with colorado at the end of the year they might be the most disappointing team this year i know they're not like complete trash but i think based on where they were at before the season and what they were expecting they might be the most disappointing team in the nhl yeah, I uh, going into the year, I was looking at uh, standings because uh, not standings, roster spots because I was doing my fantasy research. And after they got rid of Fiala, they really lack a lot of depth. And I remember telling myself, I'm like, other than Caprizov and Zuccarello, that line, I don't see anyone scoring. And you could really see it going on now with them really struggling to score. Obviously, they pot- potted four against Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh also has their own troubles, which we're going to talk about in a future pick. So I actually had the Wild not making the playoffs this year. And uh, it's not looking too bad. Uh, Wild are on one of those fringe teams. So they definitely regress this year. But that's what happens when you have so much money in dead cap from Parise and Suter. What a terrible signing, I guess. But everything's hindsight 2020 at some point. So I think like the dead cap from that goes up after this year too. So this is kind of like their, their last dance a little bit for like, which is kind of messed up to say for a rebuilding, like at the end of a rebuild franchise, but uh, they're going to have some cap troubles moving forward. Sounds like the Leafs. Yeah, I'm I'm totally used to cap trouble. So not a problem. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I feel like uh, the lid has been closed on that pick. We're going to move on to the next one. If you guessed it, RG's going to take us with the next one. We like to go in order here. Yeah. So uh, me and AJ are going to tackle this one, but we have, I hate to do this, but I just love the pick. We have USC minus two on the road against UCLA. Um, This is a big one for me, especially because of Lincoln Riley leaving and Caleb Williams leaving, as you guys all know. I'm a boomer sooner, massive Oklahoma sooner fan. So this is definitely a tough one for me to do. 
But uh, this game's going to be an absolute shootout. And uh, when you're in a shootout, the team that has the best player on the field is going to win the game. And Caleb Williams is 100% the best player on the field tonight. He's going to tear up that defense. Like, they're going to absolutely light him up. I know USC doesn't have a great defense either. That's why I said this one's going to be an absolute shootout. Going to be a fun game. But uh, I don't see USC losing this game. And I see them covering the spread for sure. What do you think, AJ? Yeah, I know. I absolutely love this pick. You know, it's one of those games when you say it's going to be a shootout. Vegas Doe is on the over-under set at 77 points. So that says all you need to know about this game. It's going to be electric. Two Pac-12 teams that, you know, were the crew McCroft in the past, and now they're back. So I think that's great for college football when you have a USC-UCLA game with this much importance and this much playoff implications down the line. Like you said, Cale Williams is the best player on the field. He might be the best player of the country at this point. And you pair him with Lincoln Riley, who's probably the best. It's probably it's got to be the best QB coach combo in the oh, in the yeah, country. I, 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 <laughs> it pains me to say that. I know it pains yeah. you, but it's a it it is. But um, yeah, it's gonna be a great game. But I I'm gonna put my faith in Cale Williams, who I think's a much better quarterback than Thompson is on UCLA. So it's gonna be a good game. But I think UCLA will come out on top and you know solidify their chance in the Pac-12. And they can't lose this game, or they're not gonna make the college football playoffs. So. They're going to have everything out in front of them. Lincoln Riley's going to have the boys ready. And I think Cale Williams is going to show us who he really is and how good of a quarterback he is. So, yeah, if you if USC wins out, um, they're going to be in the playoff because I, I don't see TCU winning all these games down the stretch. They got this one. They have uh, Notre Dame next week, I believe. And then they have uh, the Pac-12 championship game. So if they can clean up there, they have a great resume to get into the playoffs. And uh, they will, which is... So hard for me to say, but what are we going to do? Also, just from a Vegas standpoint, an important thing, only 31% of the money is on this USC minus two and 34% of the bets. So that looks absolutely great for us. Vegas is rooting for the Trojans in the Battle of LA. Let's get her going. Nothing fires me up more than seeing RG fired up for a college football match. I love that these calls are recorded so I can just watch watch it over and just get fired up. I, I absolutely just want to run through a wall right now. So we're going to move on to the seventh pick of our Elite 10, top 10. We got to think of a new name because Elite 8 goes well together. Top 10, a little unoriginal here. We're only original content on the pod, so we'll think of a good one here. So, AJ, what are you feeling here with – the seventh pick. I think we'll, uh, I'll start us off and we can all kind of top of this one. I'm going to uh, your Cowboys minus one and a half. Against My Cowboys? Min- your Cowboys. Your Cowboys. Yeah. Your Cowboys. They're your team. Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. So it seems a bit trappy that the, the Vikings are uh, an underdog at home after a big one against the Bills. But that's exactly why we are betting the Cowboys. We're going to beat Vegas on this trap. And we're going to outsmart them. Um, I think this is a game I frauded the Vikings early in the year. I, I took away that fraud last week, but I think this can be a very close game. I think the Cowboys are honestly still a better team. I think they have a better defense. They have just as good as a run game. And I think the passing attack is probably a bit better in Minnesota, but I think Cowboys can keep up if Dak can get back to his self last year. I'm going to let Josh, you know, J-Roy Hammers take the next one on this because it's his team, but... I do like Cowboys minus one and a half. I think they're going to, I think they're going to win this game. Thank you for letting me take this over. I'm so happy and honored that my team is represented 
on the top 10. They will not disappoint. This is a get-right game for my Cowboys. And this will be a game where the Cowboys show you that they aren't boys and they're men. So they'll be the cow men for the week. The I, uh, I do like the pick. <laughs> I do like the pick. Uh, the reason for my pick is because our defense, it's Super Bowl level, boys. So they're at pressure with a weak O-line on the Vikings. Honestly, I don't think Kirk Cousins can be completing many, many passes like he did against the Bills. Cowboys are going to run away with this one. Ezekiel Elliott's back, the true number one, one of the best running backs in the league. No more need for that bust-ass Tony Pollard. And we're going <laughs> to absolutely win this game. <laughs> so one thing I love about the Cowman is that they have a good secondary. The Cowman have a very good secondary, and that's going to be able to lock up uh, Justin Jefferson, who's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Not worried about him. I love the cowman here. I don't even know what to say at this point after I just witnessed what J. Wright Hammers just said. Um, but yeah, go cowman. And I'm so fired up to watch that game, though. We got the, the Vikings analyst who uh, also actually agrees with the cowman. So I'm happy with that. So we're going to move back onto the ice. This is our final hockey pick of the week we're looking to go three for three we got the winnipeg jets not the new york jets the winnipeg jets six one and oh at home on an absolute heater you got hellebuck who's rated top five in fantasy one of the best goalies in the year this year ex Vesna winning goalie kind of absolutely not shut out but keep the penguins within less goals than they scored I like this pick a lot, boys. Kyle Connor just came off of a hat trick. He's looking fired up. I feel like Kyle Connor's back now off of a slow start. On the last podcast, I mentioned to buy low on Kyle Connor. Look what happens. He scores a hat trick. They beat the last team they played, the Ducks, 3-2. What a game Kyle Connor had. Eh? Three goals, winning 3-2. That's an MVP-level performance. So I hope you guys bought low. Jets here on a roll, and you just got to take the hot hand here. It's one of those situations. The Winnipeg Hockey Jets are finally back, and I love to see it. I want to see a whiteout in the playoffs. Let's roll the Jets here. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I'm a big Jets guy. Um, I have some family in Winnipeg. They're big Jets fans. We always have that re- weekly rivalry whenever they play the Leafs, but they're a good team. I love Hellebuck. He, you know, he's a stunning goal. It reminds me of me out there when I'm in that. So um, go Jets. Yep, so that is what number pick, boys? I think, that, uh, I think that's nine. I think that's we're just... Nine. That, that, that that's is the nine. full nine picks. Now, we are saying the top ten. Why are we saying the top ten when we only have nine picks? What will the next pick be? Well, listeners, gentlemen, ladies, ladies, gentlemen, de gentlewomen, de gentlemen, we have the World Cup preview. We've been teasing it. We haven't been blue balling you guys. It is coming. The World Cup. We are joined by our soccer experts, soccer pick identifier, Rally Hedges, and friendly expert, Benny Betts. How are you guys? Great, fellas. How are we doing? Love, guys. We're we're doing great. This has been uh, quite a fiery podcast so far. I think a lot of a lot of good energy, a lot of uh, Friday porch uh, porch vibe, parlay afternoon vibes. Yeah, it's been <laughs> great. Just riding the high of Van Money Line tonight. Yes, sir. I, have, I meant to ask you guys. Uh, there's one game on the NHL slate tonight. Are we taking Van Money Line? So I uh, I advise the pod not to because the Kings are on an absolute heater. 
uh, we've been talking about Van Moneyline the whole pod, but I want to tell the listeners, uh, when you guys brought up the idea of a World Cup preview, I just got so fired up. I can't stop flicking my bean to the thought of you guys talking about soccer. So what are we, what's on the plan here for the World Cup preview? What do you guys have in, have in mind here for the listeners here? You want to let them know what's going on, Luke? Sure, yeah. Uh, we have a couple props that we are incredibly excited to share with everybody. And then we want to talk about not every group, but uh, a few groups that we think have a couple frauds, a couple teams that are for real, and a lot of heart running through. So Ben, you want to kick us off on uh, any one of our groups there? Yeah, we'll start off here with Group D, which is the group that has the previous champions, France, in it, as well as Denmark, Tunisia, and Australia. So right now we have France winning the group, obviously. But uh, they're a little up in the air because there's a few injuries, a few things going on. And they're also, it's incredibly rare. Luke, I don't know if you know for sure, but has a team ever won a back-to-back World Cup? Uh, Italy did like 80. Say that. Italy yeah. did it in the 80s. Italy yeah. did it in the 80s. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there we go. Not, not in the 80s. <laughs> in the 60s, in the 60s, right? 30s might even 30s. be 30s. I'm teeing you up for that. The, the Italians got to know that. RG, um, my Islanders won four in a row in the 80s. You're probably thinking about them. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's who I'm thinking about. But uh, yeah. anyway, we've got we've got them in first to to squeak through uh, along with Denmark. Uh, we got Denmark in there because the Danes have heart. The Danes fight hard and they will not go down without a fight whatsoever. So we've got those two to move on through Group D. Uh, Luke, I don't know if you want to talk about Group E next, the group of death. I, I Wait, just wanna... before we go to Group E, sorry for interrupting you guys. Uh, how nice is the D from Group D? Do they have good D or what? Incredible. Not D. bad. Incredible D. I did yeah. want to add, though, France are going to be the fraud team of the tournament, calling it right here. Oh, love yeah. that word. They'll yeah. squeak through first in the group, but they're not going much further than that. I think they are maximum quarterfinal out I would be. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't make it out of the group. Even I would go that far. Boys, are we ready to put the mid label on France? <laughs> yeah. Are they mid? Oh, they, they are mid. They might be mid enough to get through a group, but they're not mid enough to go any further than that. So Ooh. why are they mid? A lot of injuries. A lot, a lot of injuries. injuries. They have Pogba and Kante, their whole midfield not coming with them, and they have an 18-year-old filling in for both of them. Good player, but can't win a tournament with an 18-year-old midfield. Yeah. But uh, Luke, you want to jump over to Group E then, the Group of Death? That's a yeah. It uh, it's kind of an exciting TI group. We have uh, Spain, Germany, Japan, and Costa Rica, and I think it's going to finish up in that order with uh, Spain kicking or leading their way through the knockout round. They're for real. They play well to, in international tournaments. Danny Olmo is one hell of a player on the international scene. Germany, I think, might be a bit of frauds this year. We saw them looking shaky the other day in a friendly, but. You never know. They they won in 2014. They still got a couple guys from that team, so could be could be playing. And then Japan, I have as a bit of a heart team. Uh, we all watched them against Canada not too long ago, and they did look good. But you know, it's tough to come through with that group with that much talent ahead of them. But then uh, next, we've got the group that everyone's been waiting for: the group, the home group, Team Canada, and Group F. <clears throat> so right now. Uh, on our sheet here, we've got Croatia and potentially Belgium to squeak through. No Canada, but after today, uh, I think there's a strong argument that Canada could be that second place team to go through. I think there's so much heart. It's unbelievable. 
We got five diehard fans right here in this call. They're going to be fired up on Tuesday to watch them play. And uh, I think Croatia will be a tough sell to beat them, but I absolutely think we'll be able to squeak past Belgium. I would like to give the fraud label to Belgium too after today. They looked shocking with an aging and slow defense. They're playing a really high line. I, me and Ben were chatting earlier, and we think that Canada can really uh, expose that and get through. Yeah, too much speed. So what happened in this Belgium-Bahrain game for the listeners here, for the non-soccer? It was, it, was Belgium, it was Belgium-Egypt, but Belgium just looked slow, just looked out of it. Their team is just getting so old so fast, and they don't have anyone that seems to be filling in the pieces that are missing now. Yeah, would, it, would it be more Belgium, or is it more just Egypt just for real? Egypt didn't even qualify for the World Cup. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's all you need at that point to know. I mean, they've got Mohamed Salah, who's a huge deal, but I mean, come on, to not even be able to beat a team that can qualify for the World Cup when the World Cup's this close, it's a little concerning for the Belgians. It's true. Guys, I have one question for you about Canada. Is it Alfonso Davies' revenge season after some of the stuff that went on in the news recently about his girlfriend? Moving to a guy on the Seattle Mariners, yeah, a awesome. baseball player, Probably one of the bigger downgrades that we've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> huge downgrade. Yeah, like huge you're downgrade. going from an international star like that to some guy who plays baseball. Do we even have a like a baseball guy on the pod? Like, is that even a real game? Or no, we don't have a baseball guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know what she's thinking. She might have to come back to Canada and maybe go move to Alberta for a while. Like that's just kind of weird behavior. <laughs> So I'm going to have to disagree with you guys here. (laughs) uh, Julio Rodriguez is an absolute dog. He was great in the MLB playoffs, you know. Uh, Who knows, man? Maybe uh, Maybe she's not a gold digger. She just wants to date someone who's just good at their sport. And Alfonso Davies is only good at his position, so. Oh, that's questionable coming from a from a, coming from a Canadian right before the World yeah. Cup, man. Yeah, no, I just like to play. A, I like yeah. to play devil's advocate here, uh, you know. But uh, anyways, Alfonso Davies' revenge season. I I do like that uh, story. Some Michael Jordan taking it personally type of thing, you know. <laughs> Take it personal. <laughs> taking it personally. Uh, ben, do we want to jump into Group H quickly? Yeah. Do you want to touch on it? Yeah, uh, so we got Portugal, Uruguay, South Korea, and Ghana leading this one off. And I don't see how Portugal can't win the group. I think, Ben, you you have Uruguay, don't you? I do have Uruguay for a specific reason that we'll get to in a minute. All right. I like that reason because I think it's the same reason I have another team. But uh, Portugal, I think it's hard not to to go with them. Ronaldo's probably last dance. Speaking of Michael Jordan, we got Ronaldo ready to... Fresh off a big interview where he flamed Manchester United. I think he'll be ready to go ham at the World Cup. They have a good Suey. team around. What's that? Suey. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of moves. I'm thinking maybe five or six on the tournament. But, uh, yeah, they got a good team. Uruguay have a nice team, too. They got Valverde, who's probably the best player in the world right now. But kind of tough to bet against the GOAT. I don't know. But Uruguay is for the same reason why we have Argentina as a later pick that we'll talk about. They are bringing over 2,000 pounds of meat from Uruguay to the World Cup to make sure that the players can get a taste of home while they're there. So, so if that's not a reason for a team to go through, some home meat, I don't know what is. I'm really glad you brought that up because Uruguay and Argentina are bringing 2,000 pounds of meat all the way from South America, and that alone is enough for me to want to take Argentina to win the whole thing. <clears throat> 
J-Roy? I see your hand up there, J-Roy. What's going on? So uh, if you actually divide that meat consumption by player on the team by game, they actually plan to have enough meat for the whole tournament. So based on that estimation, they're expected to be there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're they're going to be there for a while. They're planning. They they planned it out. They know how long they're willing to be in this tournament for. Now, do they have any plans for the vegans on the team? Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if they have any. Yeah, that they, might be a Google search. Any plans for people that are allergic to chicken, or not just not a thing? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to find that one out too. I don't know what the deal is there. I don't know. I don't. They didn't specify what types of meat. It could just all be beef. You might get lucky. <laughs> so, um. I have one more question about Uruguay before we move on. So about 95% of my knowledge on soccer comes from playing FIFA 12 ultimate team. So I remember back in the day, um, Uruguay, I believe they went to the final four of the world cup back in 2010. Right. How do the vibes match up with that team in this team? Like that Diego Forland team. What are, what are we vibing here? Uh, I like the vibes. They have, Cavani and Suarez who were there in 2010. They're a little bit old now, but they're still incredibly vibey players, if we can call them that. Um, yeah. Suarez had that handball, and he does like to bite people, like we <laughs> saw in 2014. So I think he'll be ready to do literally whatever it takes for them to get through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ben, any thoughts on that one? Oh, I think, yeah, if you got Luis Suarez willing to put his teeth on the line, what else can you ask for? Literally. And I think like you, you pair that with just, yeah, they got talent across the board. They've got some young players coming up. I think, I think they could be making a push. I think they could be making a push. I could, I think they could be consuming that full 2000 pounds of meat. I think that is a lot, of meat. <laughs> a lot of meat. But then we want to jump into our uh, individual picks here, Luke quick. Fellas, I have perhaps the prop bet of the tournament right here. Uh, and that is going to be, over 604.5 total tournament corners. Bang! <laughs> wow. Love that pick. It's at minus 110 right now. I think we should all like triple unit it. I think it goes with everything we believe in. And yeah, it's going to be a hot one out there. Like people are going to be just taking sloppy shots, sloppy tackles, and getting it out for a corner. I am all in on that over. What about you, Ben? I can get behind that. I think if you're not watching soccer and counting every corner on a whiteboard, you're probably doing it wrong. So we're, we're, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. The tally chart will be up and corners will be counted. I, I love that pick. I'm just the biggest corner guy on this podcast. I don't see that not hitting. Uh, we did the math with the prop bet here. And uh, Relly Hedges, what is the average number of corners per game for that? bet to hit so we're looking at about 9.8 per game from the 2018 world cup and if we do the quick math here if we go with that average that'll total way over at like 620 corners for the tournament so i think that as we were talking about with the heat with like the you know who knows what the fans in qatar are going to be chanting it might be pretty rude to some of the players so they're maybe going to be a little bit nervous and they're going to kick it out I think it's a safe bet. And I think it might be a lock. I would even go that far. So this fires me up a lot because I only had two things to cheer for before in the World Cup, Canada and Team USA. 
Now I have a corner over, which is going to fire me up every single day for the next three weeks. Just I'm watching a random game. That means nothing at the end of, uh, at the end of the group stage with two teams that haven't won yet. And I'm going to be fired up every time uh, a goalie makes a big save or you see a toe hit a ball go out of bounds. That absolutely fires me up. Couldn't agree more, man. Could not agree more. And uh, AJ agreed that if the corners hit, he will sit on a corner flag and we'll see do what it. happens. Wow. See what happens. Wow. That will be on all of our socials. On- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to ambush this. It's absolute bullshit. <laughs> right. But think, uh, yeah. jump, jumping into our next pick, uh, you are actually able to bet on the winning confederation for the World Cup, which basically means like uh, North America, South America, Africa, Europe, etc. So we have our pick on uh, Cotton Bowl, which is... Um, South America, so teams like Brazil, Argentina, et cetera, Uruguay included in there as well. So that plays out well because as of right now, tournament favorites are Argentina or Brazil and potentially Uruguay if you count them as well. So that's three teams. And in, teams, and in terms of European favorites right now, we've got teams like France and England. But uh, Brazil and Argentina are heavy favorites. And at plus 180 odds for the tournament to be coming home to South America, we, uh, we think it could be a hammer. Because as of right now, we've also got our outright winner for the tournament as Argentina. Big Argentina fans here, hoping that Messi can can have his last dance. We keep bringing up Michael Jordan. We're going to bring up again. The last dance might be coming, and it might be coming to Argentina. And in that case, you might be able to hit a nice two for one there with plus 500 odds on Argentina to win the tournament outright. Oh, guys, Ben just hit the nail on the head there. Like, I, I don't see between the meat, between the team they have, and well, mainly the meat, that's kind of a big deal. But it came out today that Messi was wearing like a special gold pair of cleats. Like, I think with everything, everything taken into consideration, I don't know how they don't win the tournament. I really don't. Yeah. The meat, meat multiplies everything by at least meat, 10x. So could be the difference. But uh, yeah, I'm all in on Argentina right now. Yeah. What would Argentina winning the championship do for Maradona's legacy? <laughs> I don't think it does anything to Maradona's legacy. I think it's all just how it affects Messi's legacy. I think no one's changing Maradona. That's set in stone there. But I think it does put Messi right up there at the at the top. The if he wasn't at the top already, that puts him at the top. And I think it's undisputable. Now, if if they don't win, is Messi considered a bust on the international field? No. I mean, he won a Copa America last year, which is a pretty big deal. So I think that bailed him out. But I think if he wouldn't have won that last year and it also wasn't to win this this year, I think the argument could definitely be made. But I, I see Argentina winning. I see him making it to the final. And I think Messi's going to have an insane tournament. I think he's ready. <laughs> I think he's ready. Diehard like Argentina my, fan, diehard Barcelona. You sound, fan, it, you sound but, like my high school girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> he's ready. So boys, Before we move on, I have to ask about this one. So this year, the World Cup falls in the middle of football season, which is tough for many American watchers. But what do we think about Team USA? I know the audience may not be what it's been in previous years, and I know they missed out on the last World Cup. But do you think we have a chance to squeak through here out of the group stage? What do we got? England, Wales. Do you think we have a chance? Well, first of all, what do you mean by we? Aren't you Canadian? I have ties. 
Okay. <laughs> he knows uh, people. You know people, eh? I I have them coming out. I'll be honest. I feel like they're gonna come right up next to England. They got uh, the LeBron James soccer, Kristen Pulisic over. A uh, little bit of a flop, but they got a bit of talent on the team now. They got McKenney in midfield, Dest in defense. Like, it's not a bad team. I think Canada probably a better team. But uh, if you want to pledge your allegiance that way, then you know, so be it. Do we bet on them making it out of the group? I would. I would. Okay. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah, that's a bit of a fraudulent group with England, I think, are for real. Uh, Iran are kind of just there, and Wales are kind of done. Like, they had their little run a couple of years ago at the Euro, but uh, I think they're done now. So, we promised the listeners a pick. Uh, a lock, a part of the top 10. We are giving you guys this privilege to close out our top 10. Do you guys have a money line pick for one of the earlier games for our listeners to blindly tell you guys and confidently see their money grow in the account? We do. We had two. We'll <laughs> narrow it down to one here. <clears throat> and uh, Luke, do you want to go with the England pick that we talked about? Yeah, I think um, so. What we were thinking, it, it's not a money line. Is that okay? Yeah, anything that's going to hit. Is it a okay. corner? No, no, it's uh, not a corner. It's a uh, Benjamin Betts trademark international friendly type same game parlay. Oh, no, oh, yeah, printing money for the better half, better part of the last two weeks. And we think, actually, we know that A, England are going to come away with a win on Monday against Iran at 8 a.m. And there will be there will be more than 2.5 goals in the game. Ooh, okay. You can book it right now, and you can go to sleep tonight happy. What are the odds on said parlay? Ooh, if you yeah. give me two seconds, I can pull it up. <laughs> they were – it was pretty solid from what I remember when we were looking at it earlier. Should have written it down. Now you put. I have spot. I have minus one thirty five, so it's actually not that. Oh no, it's for one point five. Oh my god! <laughs> Look at me. England and over two and a half goals at minus one fifty. No, no, no. It'll be better than that. Be better than that. <laughs> that was that was for over one goal. Well, yeah. Um. So I have a question before we move on about this parlay. I'm gonna run you guys through a checklist, and if it hits all of these, then this is an absolute hammer. So is this parlay totally laid back? Incredibly. Is it chill? So. Is it non-political? Incredibly. uh, Yes, very non-political. Does it give you Friday afternoon porch beer vibes? So much. Then it's an absolute hammer. (laughs) Let's get it going. (laughs) Does it also make you think about the troops? (laughs) Uh, Of course. Of course it does. When are we not thinking about them? That is an absolute hammer. We never think we never not think about the troops. So, so you guys have the odds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming in at plus 155 on DraftKings. I'm sorry. So I think that could be value right there. England love to beat up on bad teams and then choke against good teams. And the good thing for us is that Iran are not a very good team. And it's also for first game of the tournament, England's got to come out strong. Who's home? England uh, is technically. Guitar. <laughs> 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 
on on the team sheet England is and they're gonna do it for Lizzie. They're gonna come out oh, hot. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Wow. Tough day without the queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did give you guys a task here. Do you guys have any future bets in terms of young player of the tournament, uh, goal scorer of the tournament? Uh, anything that we should look out for? Any good spots here uh, for any of the listeners? Yeah, Ben and I were talking about the FIFA golden boy for the tournament, the young player of the tournament. And we both agreed on one name, but it's kind of contingent on how well the team does. In which yeah. case, we have a backup too. So that guy in particular would be Jamal Musiala from Germany. He is, I think, a 2001 guy. has been ripping it up in the league this year. And uh, if they can find room for him on the German team and they can go far, I have no doubt in my mind it'll be him. Ben, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. I think he's got something like 15 goal contributions in 15 games in the Bundesliga this year, which for being... I mean, a year younger than us, pretty impressive to say the least. But again, yeah, it is contingent on how well Germany feel like playing in the tournament. So we'll we'll see. We do have backup picks. Luke, I don't know if you want to mention those as well, too. Uh, I will. I'll put my name out there. Uh, Jude Bellingham, kind of hard to not be following him this year. The guy's ripping it up. And of course, you got the English media hype train, uh, which I think will definitely help a lot for him. Both of those guys are coming in at plus 400 to win the ter- win the award. And then Ben, who's your your other guy? Uh, I've got Pedri from Spain. He uh, he will be playing probably every single game, probably every minute of every game. And he's, I think, 19 years old, if I remember correctly. So uh, he's a big deal. And FIFA loves him. He's been all over the place. He's a good kid. He gets lots of good press. So, I mean, what could go wrong there? And Spain, Spain are expected to do well. So I, uh, I would put I would put a little bit of money on my main man, Pedri to be the golden boy sorry so what's this award called the golden boy it's called the golden boy yeah so it's like it's like u21 player of the tournament basically okay okay do they have a golden man tournament yeah well they have they have the the golden ball which is just for the best player in the tournament so the golden man the golden man the golden golden guy the golden guy the golden guy guy. guy? yeah yeah And for that, if you guys are curious, our pick on that is none other than uh, uh, Lionel Messi. Nice. I showed you earlier. He's ready. My Messi jersey on. He's ready to tear up guitar. Ready. Yeah. It's a pro. Right. Is, uh, is that the uh, World Cup preview from the soccer experts? Do you guys have any closing comments here? Uh. Do we do we have anything else we want to touch on, Luke? Or are we are we, we good? With we could jump into top goal scorer, which I have two guys. If we got time, yeah, that, that's uh, you guys got time for this. this. Is a World Cup preview? The stage is yours. Beautiful. Well, uh, I know we're big on the Argentina train, on the meat train. Um, therefore, I am putting Lautaro Martinez to come away with the golden boot. This guy. Not many believe in me because he's coming in at plus 2,000, which is kind of a joke and an insult, in my opinion. He'll be the starting striker for that team, and they got a bunch of talent that can feed him, which, like, again, what could go wrong, right? But uh, other than that, if you want to hedge your bet a little bit, Harry Kane is going to be a good shot on England. Pretty yeah. hard to bet against him. The guy's a proven goal-scoring machine, and I think England are going to do well. Awesome. So uh, the, the the top one there is the meat train pick, correct? 
the yeah, meat train. Yeah. Yes. What, sure. what, what in doubt, hop on the meat train. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, everyone, there you have it. That is the World Cup preview from our soccer experts. What a, what, what a preview. I'm excited for the World Cup. I, I can't wait to watch the games with you here. I see you guys changed and put on your soccer jerseys, made it obvious for us. Uh, thanks for coming on, boys. Uh, any updates to picks? Just uh, head to their socials. You guys want to plug your socials, boys? Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram at uh, Ben underscore Runciman. R-U-N-C-I-M-A-N. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll follow back. Why not? <laughs> I uh, You can find me at uh, at Torelli with four L's. Uh, the guy with the proper spelling had my name taken. But uh, yeah, I'll follow back. I'll give you a like back. And they can DM you guys with any <laughs> questions on soccer picks. Anytime. Literally oh, any time. It doesn't even have to be soccer picks related. We can give life advice too if you want. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing so well. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for having us, fellas. Thanks for coming. Cheers, boys. No, you. Okay, there we go. Um, So we're now moving on to the last segment of the show. We got the value picks here. We got a couple minutes left on the episode. We're going to start off with you, RG. What are your value picks for uh, this weekend? So I got two. These are both sprinkles, boys. Don't uh, these aren't the big units. These are the quarter or the half units. We got that clear with everyone betting on dogs. Um, so first of all, we got NC State on the road against Louisville. This is a big game going into rivalry week next week. Uh, and I thought NC State would be favored in this one, even on the road in Louisville, who really doesn't pull in the best crowd for college football games. Um, so I don't see home field advantage being a huge factor here. I love NC State. My other one is the one I am so happy to talk about because I am back on the Iowa Hawkeyes wave. They're finally scoring points and they are two and a half point dogs on the road at Minnesota. Um, They're going to be run the ball a lot. It's going to be cold in St. Paul, Minneapolis. So uh, I'm fired up for this one. We got Iowa money line at uh, plus 115 and the NC State odds are at plus 155 right now. Also, just another little sprinkler pick. If you want a fun one, uh, you could dive into Iowa and Minnesota. One of the lowest overs of all time at 32.5. So uh, I strongly suggest hitting that over. I think it's going to hit with Iowa. been scoring 33, 24, and 24 recently. So uh, let's get it rolling. AJ, you want to get us going next? Yeah, I got two as well. We're going to go back. To, uh, we're saying a little college football like RG. We're going to Utah versus Oregon. I'm taking Oregon money line at plus 115. Uh, it's a very close game. Oregon's at home, so I'm going to take them there. And these close games, I'm going to take the better quarterback. I think Bo Nix is the better quarterback this year. He is uh, He's getting back to that freshman, that hype that he got at Auburn. So I'm good for good to see him doing that. And then for my second game, it's not, I'm not sure if it pods me out, but we'll just keep this for the listeners. I'm going to college basketball. That's probably one of my specialties. And I'm going Virginia versus Baylor plus 170. For people that don't know, Virginia had a tragic accident. They had a shooting on the campus that uh, caused the death of three football players. This is their first game back. So uh, I know it's going to be an emotional game for them. And I think they're going to come up big. They're a very good basketball team as well. One of the best defenses in the country. So plus 170 at a neutral neutral court. I like it. And it's going to be uh, it's an emotional game for them. I think they're going to come out and uh, do those kids proud. So I got Virginia plus 170 for another value pick. 
And uh, those are great picks. Uh, now I'm going to close out the show with my value picks here. I, you know the show loves them. We got the Vegas uh, Golden Knights at plus 100 in the Edmonton Oil Country. Oilers uh, haven't been playing too great. They're missing Evander Kane, missing some depth. And Vegas has been playing pretty well recently. They're on a, they're on a roll doing really well on the road here. They've also been doing really well on home. You're just kind of just betting on, uh, on talent. And uh, that's my only value pick of the, of the week here. So thanks for flexing on me boys with those two value picks from each of you. And uh, let's, let's make some money here. Let's do it. I'm fired up for the weekend. Let's do it. Huge weekend ahead. Big bounce back week for the boys. And uh, as you heard it, that is episode six. We hit the over, the over five and a half on the podcast. I'm proud of you guys. Uh, hopefully we are going to be a lot better than last weekend. Uh, our Twitter is now active. It is odds get even on Twitter. Follow us. All our picks are subject to change if anything does happen between now and those picks. So follow us on Twitter for any updates. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the episode. If you're listening, like, subscribe, leave us a rating. Good rating and uh, peace. Take it easy. Peace, y'all.